Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? And this is like you could choose. This isn't just like, oh man, I'm a rat. <laughs> you can you can pick what animal would you be and why? When I was a little kid, I always wanted to be a tiger. I spent years of my life drawing tigers. It's episode 25 of the Simply Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it's the beginning of our Everyman series with Dr. Chris Armstrong. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being <laughs> Human segment with my friend, our friend, Jeremy Northcutt, in a story about uh, a 10K in Dallas. And we'll wrap up with our Simply Human Tip of the Week. How are you, Rick? I am great, Mark. How are you? I'm good. I want to start off the show by asking you a hypothetical question. Okay, and just so people know, we intentionally don't talk over <laughs> yeah. like what we're going to do in this segment. Right. So this that is, it's, yeah. I think the comedic word for it, so it's the response is organic. So right. I have literally no idea what you're going to say. Okay, so you are, you are traveling to Hawaii with your wife and two sons. Okay. You are extremely late. Okay, this and this happened to someone. I just want to see what you would have done in this situation. You, as the man, you are thinking, look, I can run up ahead to the gate and say, we're here. You know, the kids are, are running, running us slow. Darn kids. Hold the plane. So you run up ahead, you know, minutes ahead of your family. You get to the gate, and they are, like, literally closing the door. The plane is going to leave. You're, like, shouting from one of the... Hello, yes. yes. Yeah. And, and so you've left all like the... Like, with, lu- with my flowered shirt and, like, my uh, Bermuda shorts <laughs> and flip-flops on. Yeah, your golf Waving golf a ticket hat. in one hand with, like, my uh, my beach hat in the other. Right. Exactly. And And... So you've left all the luggage with your wife, so so that was your plan to so you could be fast and get there. So they say, "Sir, we are leaving. The door is closing. Do you a get on the plane thinking that they will surely not leave you and your family, or leave separate you and your family? That okay, he's on the plane. We have to hold it for this guy's family. Or do you b miss the plane? Well, I think the obvious answer is b. Exactly. Uh, but like. I thought you were going to say option A, you go, ah, screw your family, uh, you get to go to Hawaii, <laughs> or option B. Like, it would have probably run across my mind to try option A, like, hey, there's no way they'll do this. Right. Or, like, to just go stand in the doorway of the plane, whatever they call that, the hatch, or whatever. Right. Nope, you're not going anywhere until my wife and kids get on yeah, board. Yeah, you, like, have one foot in the jetway and one foot in the yeah. plane. You're like, I'm not leaving. So, the person, that, yeah, the obvious answer is B. Obviously. Well, that's ob- also like hindsight is twenty twenty, right. probably for your buddy. <laughs> well, and it was it was a friend of mine's friend who act- who got on the plane thinking there's no way they're <laughs> they're gonna leave me. Oh my god! And he flew to Hawaii by himself. His wife and kids come up to the gate. The plane is gone. They don't know. They can't get a hold of him. They can't reach him. And it, you know. Oh man, I didn't think about that. Like, yeah. what are they gonna so do? They, like, she, how are she, they gonna call? Yeah, him? she finally figured out like an hour later that he's. She like surely he's not on the plane. Surely he didn't go to Hawaii without us. Oh man, my wife oh, is so uh, good. Yeah, I told I, I told him that like my wife wouldn't have like tried, and she they had to spend the night and come the next day. It wasn't even like get the get on the next plane. So it was the next day they had to do a whole hotel thing and all that at the airport. Oh, I, I, I my wife wouldn't have joined me in Hawaii. She would have just FedExed me divorce papers. See, I feel like this would be one of those things where your wife like. 
she shakes her head and just goes, Mark. This is what I signed up for. Like it's par for the course for like a, well, it's another crazy thing my husband's done. Like, and knowing that like he didn't intentionally do it. And then when she got your explanation, she would just be like, man, idiot. I wish. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mine would, uh, you know, it's a funny story. It's actually not that funny, but like, uh, I guess for my brother and his wife were like, uh, married, newly married, something along those lines. Uh, they went to Staples one time to get something and they saw like at Staples, they have like quickie, no fault, like, uh, divorce kits that you can buy for like a hundred dollars. And like, Hey, I'll fill this form out. You fill this form out. And we take it to the justice of the peace and we're divorced. So that was always like the, uh, very uncomfortable joke. Like, uh, they're like arguing like, Hey, you guys going to go to Staples or you guys need to resolve it that way. But yeah, my wife would immediately be driving straight to the nearest Staples and, uh, faxing me like a divorce quick (laughs) kit. Like she would be, I cannot, it's really hard for me to fathom a situation that she would be more angry at me and in like a regular everyday type of situation than that. She would kill me. She would literally probably try to murder me. Okay, so the segue into the next topic is there are coconuts in Hawaii, I'm assuming, right? Would yeah, you I assume? mean, right. Yeah. Right? So coconut Wait, oil. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, pineapple, uh, co- uh, Hawaii's pineapples, right? They have coconuts too? I, I don't know. I've never been there, surely. But it's like, oh, I've there's, there's there polar either. bears in Antarctica, and there's actually not polar bears in Antarctica. They're in the Arctic. They're in. Whoa. Yeah, what? so anyway. Hang on, back to the polar bears. Jeez, you're blowing my mind here. I know. Antarctica actually means, like, no polar bears. So, look it up. Um, Okay. I guess I'll cancel my hunting trip (laughs) to Antarctica next month. Yes. So, uh, I mentioned a a fellow, uh, this coconut oil, coconut product. So, coconut oil, there's there's this new thing going around. It's not new. It's kind of like barefoot running. It's called oil pulling. It's you put... Like yes, yeah, so I've I've seen something like this on Facebook, but right. I didn't like do any research. Yeah, into so it. you put coconut oil in your mouth, you let it melt, and you swish it all around. And coconut oil has this bacteria leaching property where it'll pull bacteria out of your cavity, your gum cavities, and things, your teeth in between your teeth, and then you spit it out. Well, I've always I always just eat coconut oil. Like a lot of times, like before a workout or something, or if I need some energy, I'll just eat a tablespoon of coconut oil. So I'll always like when I, I didn't read like the full instructions of oil pulling, so I would just swish it around and swallow the oil because that's what I always did. So not realizing you're taking in like all these toxins and stuff. Right, but I guess since I've been eating so many coconut products for a long time, I I, I wasn't having you know any sort of manifested effects of of the bacteria that I was, I was swallowing possibly. So <laughs> I mentioned a fellow, the Princeton track guy. Prin- yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mentioned Beautiful man. Yeah, one, yeah, the, the, the perfect man, uh, who listened to the, to the, his episode and, and thought that was very funny. Um, <laughs> but, uh, one thing that I failed to mention was that he was asking me advice about sleep and eating. He's got four kids and all this stuff and he's really into it. And he started to, you know, he bought coconut oil and bought butter and, and it's done all this stuff. Well, like the third day of this uh, outdoor survival training, he was like, well, I'll coconut, I'll oil pull. So I gave him some, told him how to do it. And he was like, you know, kind of has it in his mouth. He's like, no, I do it now. I'll just swallow it. So he swallows the oil. And for the next two days has like violent diarrhea. <laughs> like I, I almost, and I, I almost killed and him. Imagine the worst place you could have yes. violent diarrhea. Like it's not a good card right, to right. be dealt anytime, but especially yes. when like, all right guys, we're going to be out in the woods. Uh, and you're going to be pooping in the woods. Yeah. And, and so I, I didn't realize it till we were talking to the herbal 
herbalist lady and she's talking about oil pulling. I was like, oh yeah, I oil pull and we're talking about it. And she's like, well, you don't want to spit it down the sink because it's bad for your drain. And I was like, well, I'll just swallow it. And she's like, no, what? <laughs> don't, don't swallow it. And I looked over at, oh, oh, I said his name. I'll bleep it out. I looked over at him and I was like, I'm sorry. It's my fault. You're almost we, dying. Were you guys trying to figure out why he had yes. super severe diarrhea yeah, we until that point? Yeah, we and then that's understand. when the light bulb went off? Yes, exactly. So, Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. By the way, almost made it through a whole show. That's, <laughs> uh, no, we made it like four minutes. <laughs> Eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, almost made it for the first ten minutes. The Simply Diarrhea Lifestyle. <laughs> Well, the other thing I want to talk about was my half marathon on zero training, but uh, we're, I want to kind of get to our interview today, so we're going to talk about that possibly on the next show. By the way, show. my favorite interview we've ever done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just talked to Dr. Chris Armstrong, who is an anesthesiologist that lives in... Actually, when I was a, I was a physician recruiter um, at one time, and I actually recruited Chris and his family. They have three kids, and they're, they're expecting a fourth here in the next month or two. And, uh, and so Chris is a really good friend of mine. He is a very good anesthesiologist, very smart guy. Obviously, you have to be a smart man to be a doctor. Great guy, uh, but he has and has a palate about as, as narrow as yours, Rick. And, uh, and yes. you guys really hit it off, and it, it was really a good, a good conversation. So this is the beginning of our Everyman series with, and let me just say, with Dr. Armstrong, such a beautiful person, very strong, has very strong hands and, very, and large muscles. Feel- yeah, well, he yeah, you, you'll understand why I'm saying that because he felt uh, sort of slighted by the uh, by the intro I gave him, and he was like, "Because right. last week we had on Abel James and Mark is like falling over backwards by telling <laughs> Abel how like so super sexy he is and stuff, and then he's like, and here's our Everman Chris, you're just a regular old guy, yeah, you're... without a sexy voice and a super sexy bod that drives my head crazy. <laughs> that is not how it went." <laughs> but... But that yeah so so here is Dr. Chris Armstrong, uh, and and we we talked to Chris about Neil Armstrong, the Great Butter Bridge, which is funny, Wolf Liver, Too Good to Be True, Enjoying Broccoli, Nutrition Training in Med School, Going to the Doctor, Cauliflower Mashed Potatoes, Unpredictable Sleep Patterns, and Epidurals. Here's Chris. Joining us on the Simply Human podcast, the start of the Everyman series, or every woman, we're not, we don't, you know, discriminate the Wow, the every, let's just go every, every person. The every person, well then that makes it kind of confusing. Anyway, it is Chris Armstrong, MD, he's an anesthesiologist uh, here in the city, I won't say village, because it is a city that we live, and uh, first question right off the bat, Chris Armstrong, any relation to Neil Armstrong? No, I'm a grandson of Louie. Really? That is fantastic. So do you have any of those genes where you can play the trumpet or anything? Or did you pick yes. another instrument? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. We'll have a trumpet solo uh, midway through the show. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Chris, just give us a little bit about your background. And uh, and I guess that will sort of explain to the, the listeners why we wanted to have you on. So start from the day you were born and you've got three hours. Perfect. Kansas boy. I'm 38 years old. Like you said, I'm a physician. Grew up with what I'd call just the standard childhood. Probably ate better than my kids. I mean, my folks were good at only letting me eat at meals, but there was really, we'd eat whatever, and I'd sneak whatever in between. I was an athlete growing up, played some football in college. Always, when I was younger, was thin, lean, 
playing sports, lifting, muscular, that went away almost <laughs> immediately when I hit about 23. I get to med school, stress increases, I'm no longer active, and I continue eating what almost every kid eats, garbage, packed on weight, and I relate to Rick because he may be the only person I've ever met whose palate is narrower than mine. There's only three things. (laughs) There's more of us out there. Meat, cheese, and uh, water. It's all Rick could do growing up. (laughs) I mean, if my wife wouldn't cook for me before, I would eat peanut butter sandwiches by the hundred. I mean, that's (laughs) what I would eat. And I, I remember when I first met you, you were eating something insane to me. And Rick will, uh, the listeners will think Rick and I are crazy, but you were eating some salad with no Ugh. meat and no anything, just this plate of Vegetables. rabbit food. Yeah. Well, I got a, <laughs> a steak, which you're on board with now, but back then you weren't as right, much. Right. And, I, and I just remember thinking, I could never in a million years eat what he eats because <laughs> it's disgusting. I, I, I would puke. So I went through med school. God, I couldn't, I'd lose weight a couple times because I'd do low calorie, do some exercise. Starve yourself. Yes, diet, but yeah. I have no willpower for that long term. Give up, probably get even fatter. And I would, I'm, I played high school sports at 160, 165, college, a more muscular 175. And I haven't sniffed that. I, I hovered around 190 fat with no muscle, <laughs> which would be over 200 if I still had the proportions that I did when I was younger and just couldn't chip away at it. Do you maybe have any pictures of yourself as a uh, collegiate athlete with your shirt off that we can put in the show notes or I have those, but certainly not (laughs) show notes. (laughs) Wow. Mark, very creepy. Very creepy indeed. Just even for you. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. So we left off at med school. So that kind of brings us up to, and I started talking to you well, we've been friends for about four years, but kind of what you've been doing recently, you handed me your card, and I was fascinated by it, and it seemed like something I could do. I mean, I, I don't have a title for it. I, it's kind of paleo. It's kind of Vinnie Tortorich. Actually, it's probably closest to Vinnie Tortorich. No carbs, no sugars. And when I could eat meat and eat fats and put butter on vegetables, all of a sudden I could eat vegetables I really wasn't hungry after I got past those first week or two of just the withdrawal pains of sugar. Right. And I'm really totally content. It's the first thing I've ever at least thought I might be able to do this for more than a month. And, and yeah. that's amazing because this is the way that it was that has been done for, for the large majority of people who's, you know, and we're, you know, None of us grew up like in the, near the equator or like in Antarctica or something. So like for the mo- majority of people listening to this, very similar genetic background. And for the majority of those people, this is the way that it's always been done. So to say that it's like, oh, I've, I've, this is this is like a sustainable thing. It's like, yes, that's exactly the, the term. It's like this is how this is the robust way of life that got us to where we are. And we're trying to mess it all up. But um to me, honestly, it's like we are out in a field and we're digging one day and we like uh, dig and dig and dig and we find this round circular wheel and we're like, oh my God, yeah, I could use this. This is going to change everything. <laughs> but like right. the wheel has been around for I don't know how right. many millions yeah. of years or whatever. That's but like it's, it's it. like we've reinvented the wheel all of a sudden. Yeah. And one other thing that you said, it's that it's, it's like 
you're thinking, this is too good to be true. And normally, if something is too good to be true, it is. This is one of the few things that isn't too good to be true. It's, oh, oh that might be the Sports Center uh, update that told me that the Rangers were going to start selling bacon on a stick. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yes. Or it could be the update that, like, their entire starting pitching staff just, like, fell died. out of an airplane. Yeah. Because that's what's been happening. But anyway. Yeah, so, anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's it, you know, the fact you can put butter in your coffee and you can put butter on stuff and have steak with sour cream. It's, uh, it, it, it's not too good to be true. So, anyway. Mm-hmm. Butter has been the great bridge for me. And I don't know if Rick agrees with this. <laughs> Man, it, seriously, Chris, it sounds like you are telling my exact story. I don't want to interrupt you here, but but I'm the same way with butter, man. It has been the great bridge from like trying this and dipping my toe in yes. the water to like going all the way in 100%. Like, man, I can do this and I can do this for the rest of my life. Like butter like. butter was the tipping point. Like, nah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about this. And you're like, nah, I don't know. But, but butter? That okay, let's do this. Yeah. It really is, <laughs> and you can't really understand this, Mark, because you're like, "Oh, good vegetables and wolf liver. This is delicious." <laughs> wolf <But> liver. <laughs> to me, broccoli. I probably have had three. I don't know what you call them: heads, chunks, <laughs> chunks, in my entire life. And the other day, the steak wasn't done, and my wife put butter on a plate of broccoli, and like Mark Rogers. I just went tearing into it. Yes. I, I couldn't even imagine doing I mean, broccoli was this. I still don't think it's delicious, but <laughs> it's it's fine. I can eat it while I wait for my steak. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, and that's that's good, brings up a good point. Mark, I think you said last week when we were talking to Abel James that uh, uh, if you don't like something, there's a pretty good chance that maybe it was prepared wrong. Right. And, uh, and that that's, brings up an overall point that I like with butter, and that's – like, like Chris just said, uh, before, like when it was just, oh, when you have broccoli, you shall steam it and you shall put no salt or any additives on it. It's not that good. Yeah, it doesn't taste good. But like great. if you, yeah. if you doctor it up, you put the, you know, I put butter obviously and like garlic powder mm. on my, uh, butter, on my broccoli. And it's actually something that I enjoy eating. We had it last night with dinner and I could eat a, a huge pound of it. And this is something that 10 years ago I would have never guessed I added broccoli in, and, and, and this is, goes into Mark, what, what you scripted is kind of our next point, uh, Chris, with our narrow palates. About 10 years ago, the only vegetable I ate on a regular basis, uh, besides like iceberg lettuce on a hamburger, was uh, green beans. I tolerated them. Which, is, which, <laughs> is, which isn't even and, a vegetable. It's a legume. So. <laughs> well, yeah, and, that's, and the only other thing that I counted as a vegetable, which now I know different, was corn. like I didn't eat anything. And so I forced myself, I was working in a restaurant. I forced myself to eat the broccoli because I was just a disgusting fat body and I was getting (laughs) married soon and I wanted to lose. So I started, Oh God, I guess I got to eat vegetables. And it was like putting a shotgun barrel in my (laughs) mouth. Yeah. But man, if you, if you do it the right way, this, this stuff can just really kind of open up your whole experience with food and and look make you look at it in a whole nother way. And Chris, real quick, um, I want I want y'all to talk about like sort of maybe your uh, your childhood challenges of, of having the narrow palate. But before we do that, you mentioned med school. I just want to ask you what what was the extent of your nutrition food uh, training in medical school? This will be short because <laughs> it's really not much. There was there was absolutely nothing specific. I never took a class 
or a review or anything specifically on nutrition. Now, saying that, and I, I, I browsed at it last night just to see, because biochemistry actually covers the building blocks of this. I mean, they gave really no advice, but you know, biochemistry is going to cover carbohydrate metabolism, fat metabolism, lipolysis, gluconeogenesis, all those things. So in that sense, Rick and I just funny. Rick and I just fell asleep, by the way. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> big words. <laughs> Two, four, nine, or five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And here, here's an Tommy interesting boy. thing about med school, since you're asking. There, there's basically nothing practical learned at medical school. And really, I think any physician would agree with you. You learn to be a doctor, whatever field. Your friend John, who's the orthopedic, he learned to be an orthopedic surgeon his five years of residency. I'm an anesthesiologist. I learned everything about anesthesia my four years of residency. They, you learn science and facts, but you learn nothing practical during med school. So if you're someone like me who goes off into a specialty, I, I don't think I have have ever talked about nutrition. Cool. All right. Well, that's that's sort of what I figured, but you never... I, I hate just like saying that all the time to people. And then like, there's somebody that's out there like, no, actually you have like a whole year of nutrition. Uh, but, but yeah, that's not the case in anyone that I've ever talked to. So, well, we're not trying to like bash doctors right, by right, right. Such the imagination, but like there's a, there's a tendency, especially people like me, I'll go to the doctor and I'm serious. Whatever the doctor tells me, I go, well, you're the doctor. And so when they're, if, if we kind of understand a basis for like, Hey, there really isn't like a, a really like foundational approach to like any kind of nutrition. So when you go to the doctor and the doctor says, Oh yeah, whole grains and low fats and yada yada, no red meat, it's not really based on anything they were taught necessarily, as much as it is based on the conventional wisdom of the generation before and of the generation before and of the generation before. Exactly. Yeah, cool. Okay, so switching back to the palate, um, Chris, what would you eat as a kid? I mean, is this, have you been like this, or had were you like that, I guess I should say, in the past tense? Because you're not like that anymore. But were you like that all growing up? Absolutely. I mean, my parents were kind of old school. If they'd fix it for supper, I'd at least have to eat it. I mean, so sometimes at the dinner table, it would take two hours <laughs> for me to eat the three bites of green beans or beans or whatever it was I didn't like. And, and I think I heard Rick say this, even as an adult, if, if I were to order a hamburger, which I haven't done in three months, but if I were, even as a 38-year-old, I would say, ketchup-only hamburger. That's <laughs> all that would ever be on it. I don't want vegetables, mayonnaise, mustard, just ketchup. That's and Rick. And that's, that's, that's my only condiment I like. Even condiments, I don't like mayonnaise, mustard. I like ketchup. <laughs> See, I would do the hamburger with just mustard, but yeah. it sounds like uh, other than that, we are one and the same. Uh, I have an extraordinary willpower, and that's not a willpower to like do, like to eat healthy foods. It was a willpower as a child that I was always going to win every battle with my parents, no matter what. And so, and I'm serious. This is what I broke their spirit at a very early age. Like they didn't have it in them to do the three-hour, four-hour dinner of like we're sitting here till you eat it. I'd be like, screw you, I'm not eating it. So like <laughs> I will sleep here. down yeah. and the sun would start to come back up and like uh, you know, roosters are crowing and I've got like this food. So like they didn't like and great and it's definitely not my parents' fault. I'm not saying that, but like I intensely with such a white hot burning of like the sun didn't want to eat this stuff, so I wouldn't eat it. 
And it, even to this day, there are some foods that like I would uh, and, and people laugh at me, but like I would let somebody punch me in the face before like I ate liver? some kinds of foods. Yeah, liver. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. me too. I, I, I would let even Mark take a bite. punch me in the face five times and I've been punched in the face a myriad of times. But I would let Mark punch me in the face five times before eating liver. Maybe within the next year that'll change. But that's been kind of one of – and I, I wonder if you would agree with me, Chris, on eating this way. We follow, it sounds like, without really talking much about this, you and I follow kind of the same food plan. Mine's kind of paleo, uh, more closer to Vinnie Tortoise's, no sugars, no grains. That's really the only rules that I follow is no sugars, no grains, and no uh, seed oils like vegetable oil or canola oil. And everything else for the most part is in play. Most of my diet ends up being – uh, real foods from the outside rim of the grocery store because I don't have to read labels because I'm lazy. Yes. But uh, it's like to me, simply one of the, human though. That's that's the well, whole point yeah. of it. Yeah. It, well, that's the thing. Like, and, and it's it, it was unintentional because at first, when Mark, you remember when I first started doing this, like November ish, like I'm texting you, like, hey, what about this? Like the food label, and you're like, no, 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 and no. <laughs> Well, I found out that like I'm just so lazy and I don't want to read. So I'm like, okay, well, if I go and I buy. Uh, raw spinach. Well, what's in there? Uh, spinach. And that's it. I just one late one thing I have to read. So I'm like, okay, well, that's way easier than reading this can and this label. I make my own marinara now because I just got so tired of like <laughs> picking up a jar. Oh, can't do that. Picking up another jar. Can't do that one. Picking up another jar. So it's like, forget it. I'll just make it myself. It's yeah. way easier. But to me, like the best part, and I wonder if you agree with me, Chris, w- with eating this way is that you can't really eat this way on an incredibly narrow palate, you are forced to go kind of outside of your quote unquote comfort zone and to try new things. Have you not found that to be a little bit true? I have. And the, and the strangest thing, and I don't know if it's the butter or if it's when I stopped sugar two and a half months ago, it's changed my taste buds. But we made Mark's, my wife made Mark's cauliflower mashed potatoes for me like my first week because I love mashed potatoes. I haven't made those in a long time. Oh, that's a, those are so good. I killed, I kill mashed potatoes. And I'll be honest, the first time I ate those, I was horribly disappointed. They tasted like a disgusting (laughs) cauliflower. But right before you called, I just ate the biggest bowl from last night of cauliflower mashed potatoes Mm. that somehow... My taste buds have, I don't know if evolved or they've changed well, what from happened, no sugar. They've reset back to normal, back to their baseline. That's what, that's what happens. And that's it's the, exactly yeah. like mashed potatoes. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah, I put some butter on it. and Oh, this, the, yeah, those are awesome. I'll, I'll like link to a, those in my show notes. Were you ever like a, a soda type of guy, Chris, like drinking sodas, I'm assuming? Not, I at least was smart enough to just do diets. I mean, I haven't had a regular okay. Coke in 10 years. But yeah, I, would, I love diet coke which i haven't had either yeah how long have you been off of diet coke because i'm the same way i haven't you know i cut out regular sodas years and years ago you know to be healthy or what have you but i was a honest to god diet coke probably addict and it doesn't help that i work a job where you can get as much free diet coke as you can drink at pretty right. much any 7-eleven in, the, in your area so. wait is that is that like a you just go in and, and the the 7-eleven will give that to you or do you have like a diet coke per diem with the police department <laughs> no like uh you go and like uh you know the the, the basic rule is that like uh convenience stores want police to be in there as many times as they can and so they give you free coffee and free soda 
like from the fountain because oh. they want you to, and you know that sounds disingenuous you know those are you know the people that i see every night at 7-eleven i still go in there to go to the bathroom like all the time so uh you know i'm still seeing those people they're friendly people and it's you know people that you see all the time you know within the course of your job but like that's the theory i think is that you know businesses give police discounts and, and free sodas to cops because they want cops to be in there but the truth of the matter is i'd be in there anyway but but chris i cut out uh in January of this year is when I went 100% full all the way in this. I was going to go one month without having any sugar or any grain, and I did pretty well. But the one thing that I struggled the most to shake was Diet Coke because I'm still fighting this conventional like, oh, there's no calories in it. It really can't be that bad. Uh, you know, I'm fighting against it. Well, this month I gave up – the beginning of March I gave up Diet Coke. I haven't had one since March 1st, and uh, awesome. I actually had a sip of one a couple of days ago and it was like getting punched in the face <laughs> by a boxing glove covered in sugar it was and it was a diet coke but it was so sweet that it like made my teeth hurt and my brain right. hurt is that basically the same experience that you've got on this you and i sound like we're doing the same thing i, I literally have treated this like an addiction so i have had no cheats i've had no grains and not the closest thing to a sugar I've had, I've, I've, I'll have an apple every once in a while when I'm really fiending for something. But I've had no sugar since January 1st. And how much weight have you lost, Chris? Uh, I started at 192. I weighed 167. But I've also been doing some kettlebell stuff, so yeah. I look a lot different. I may have lost more weight than that. Well, and I, wow. I uh, yeah, more fat, yeah. So I saw Chris a few weeks ago uh, at the grocery store, and he was like looking at you know something in the it was a natural grocers. I love natural grocers. I'll link natural grocers in the show notes. Love love that grocery store. But I didn't even realize it was him. Uh, I just walked up and was just kind of looking over his shoulder, and I was like, "Oh, hey, Chris!" Or I actually he yeah. makes he makes me call him Doctor Armstrong in, yeah. uh, in in public. <laughs> That's Doctor to you, Mark. <laughs> doctor and Doctor. And uh, and I was like, holy moly! Like I hadn't, it's been like three months or three weeks. It hadn't even been that long. Three weeks since I'd seen you, and and just look totally different. And not and the beauty of that is you're not starving yourself. You're not depriving yourself of nutrition. Like it's the exact opposite. Uh, I'm less hungry now because I, I had a, I ate cheese its all the time and jelly beans. And yeah, I mean I would eat all day, but thing, I would yeah. be hungry all day, and I'd have to eat more back when I was doing that. Right. I was hungry all the time. Now, Chris, you touched on this a little bit earlier. You said that uh, before you started this way, you'd gone periodically here and there, like on a low-calorie diet or you know, calorie restriction, stuff like that. And you said this was the first thing that you ever found that you felt like you could do for longer than a month. Yeah, well, um, all right. So, so take our palates and imagine that there's no vegetables we can eat without butter. And all of a sudden, you've taken every meat away from me except nasty chicken breasts that are put in the oven, and that's it. I just... I'd come home for supper, and my wife would have green beans, because that's my only vegetable, <laughs> kind of. It's a legume. And a chicken breast. I would be so defeated. I mean, I would just know I'm not going to be able to do this. Right. You're starving, time. and you get a dry chicken breast and green beans, Ugh. which I don't really like. I, it was horrible. Yeah. So let me ask you, the way you're eating now, do you feel like this is like, I think you've already probably answered this, but just so we're 100% clear, how long do you think you can do this eating way for i really think indefinitely because i do the bulletproof coffee and i at first i 
didn't, I would eat breakfast too because I would get so worried about being hungry. You know, I was hungry. all My first month, my key was to not get hungry. So I carried food with me everywhere, something to put in the microwave, something because I was mortified of getting hungry at work where I have access to donuts and sodas and chips. But now I don't even eat till one in the afternoon. I eat leftovers from supper and then we've got baseball practice. I don't even eat my supper until about 7, 7.30. And I usually eat a pretty big supper, and boom, that's it. Yeah. At bedtime, I'll get – and I'm, I'm just not hungry, so I don't really know why it would change. I'm not worried that I'm going to have problems. Right. And it's funny. A mutual friend of ours who's also a surgeon was uh, – I saw him this weekend, and he's like, yeah, I, I'll go into the doctor's lounge, and like, there's everybody picking out on the the – donuts and the the cake and stuff and he's like and there's armstrong over in the corner with like a huge slab of meat (laughs) (laughs) this is i think that to me that's what separates us because you know you know chris you and i just met a few minutes ago but like i've tried one of everything the probably the same ways you have calorie restriction diets i've done uh p90x i've done insanity i've done running i've done uh you know 15 uh, 1200 calories a day 1500 1800 2000 weighing and measuring and all this and that. And this is really the only one, the only way I've changed to eat that I've looked at and not been like, well, like an internal, like countdown, like, well, I've only got about a month left before I go crazy on this, or I've only got about two months left. I feel like this is then Mark calls this the simply human way. This is the way humans ate. I don't know how humans ate a hundred years ago. I wasn't alive a hundred years ago, but all I can tell you is what I know. (laughs) But your dad was in 2014. And that's, (laughs) you know, this is an easy way to eat. It's, uh, I don't think about food all the time. Like food is sometimes like the very last thing on my mind. And it just, this feels, and I know that's, this is anecdotal in nature, but this feels like the right thing. I don't know how else to describe that. I'm not eating garbage out of a box, garbage out of a bag, garbage out of a package. I'm eating food that uh, if I don't eat it in a couple of days, will go bad. If you start thinking about that, like the amount of crap that we used to have in our refrigerators and pantries that could be in there for up to six or seven months, and you're like, oh, I forgot all about these. And just start <laughs> oh, eating oh, it, oh, and you don't die. Man. Oh, my God. If I don't uh, eat this, you know, I uh, I, I go to the, the thing I buy the most often at the grocery store is spinach. Because it seems like that of all the vegetables that turns the quickest, but like I would never dream of eating spinach that was more than like four or five days removed from the grocery store because it goes bad. It does right. what food is supposed to do. It decomposes. <laughs> right. Cool. Well, hey, um, is it, it, either one of y'all have anything? I, I feel like I brought Chris on a date and Rick showed up. Dude, and, I and know. Now, and now Chris, I'm like, let's, hey, Chris, me and you, let's get a house and let's just me and you <laughs> like live there. Like our families can go live in another house and we'll see them on the weekends, but me and you could live there together and we can eat and we can, you know, play, play some billiards and, you know, and be totally and stuff like that. Yeah, that'd I be awesome. Because here's what Mark is. Mark is, you know, Michael Jordan. Sometimes oh, those guys who are so good at sports can't coach it. So sometimes, I mean, Mark, could, he's tried this juice. He's, any diet is in his wheelhouse to be able to do. I literally couldn't do anything else. I mean, I'm not, I've looked at some of the literature. I'm not totally convinced it's the 100% only way to go, but I know without a shadow of a doubt, this is the only thing that's worked for me and it's easy. Yeah. And that's the thing, like what I always say, it's like whatever, if anyone's out there saying this is the only way to do it, like eating this macronutrient ratio or eating only these foods or, you know, that to me, that's too rigid that we're, we're all too different. 
what what the absolute truth is, and I've said this before on the show, is is what is not food is is not healthy. And and so right. you take out you know anything not found in nature, having that one rule, and then the the possibilities are are endless you know it just but you just have to figure out what works for you and you know in my somebody whose genes develop closer to the equator is going to be able to handle more carbohydrates somebody who you know his genes uh you know developed up north way north they aren't gonna be able to handle as many carbohydrates that kind of thing so you just have to figure out and now with the globalization and everything everybody has this mix of genes you know i've got ancestors from austria and czechoslovakia and all over the place um and, you know, Santa Claus, I think he's what North, North pole. Um, so he's, he's in there somewhere is. and he was a big old, he's still a big old fat guy. Um, but anyway, so not, yeah. not got a beef with my introduction, I think. Oh, no, oh no. First off, you, you really went over the top about me just being an everyman. You totally glossed over my sorry, credentials. I, sorry, Dr. And Armstrong. Then, well, wait a second. We're not done yet. And now there may be someone <laughs> squeezed in between, but I listened to your last podcast yesterday. Uh-oh. And the body and the voice. Abel. Abel. <laughs> Why, after all his accolades and his voice, and if anyone's seen that guy's physique. Yeah. Oh, Abel, to... I want to make sweet love to you. My <laughs> name is Mark Rogers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, and then I get to follow him with my made-for-mute TV voice and <laughs> my not-able James buddy. Hey, I, I asked you if you could send me a picture of yourself with your shirt off. And I, I mentioned to everyone that you are super hot, and I didn't even recognize oh, you at the grocery store. So come on, I feel better. Okay. Well, hey, y'all talk about y'all talk about sleep real quick, you night shift worker people. Oh yeah, that's you go really, you go first, Chris. Talk about real, like your yeah. Talk about your like being on call and all that stuff. Okay, real real quick. So I've listened to yours, and they're very similar, but there there's a distinction because mine's more. Uh, cyclical may not be the word it's unpredictable like rather than a week of shift work every six seven days i'm on call now being on call i usually don't have to be at work till noon so my coping mechanism is to sleep in so you know that's already screwing me up now being on call it could be as good as 9 p.m the or could shut down no ladies are trying to have babies i could (laughs) or trying to make babies that's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I could technically be done. But the flip side of that is a nasty trauma, a heart, 18 ladies could go into labor, and I could be up all night. So I always predict for the worst, and I sleep in that day and stay off my feet. And then I get in the pickle of, even if I'm not doing anything, I'm up on my computer till 3 in the morning, and then the cycle perpetuates itself. Well, I've tried all kinds of different coping mechanisms, blocking out the sun. You know, di- I, I've, I've been into sleep hygiene for a long time. I, I want, just like this, the, the change in my eating pattern, Mark suggesting those blue light blocking glasses, as ridiculous as those are, <laughs> have made, in fact, you'll like this, Mark. You will love this. Not only have I been wearing them, and for the first time, literally in my life, from when I was in the second grade, I mean, I've been up till midnight as a, eight-year-old. That's just been my, my body system. I've been asleep between 10 and 10.30 almost every night not on call since January 1st. Mm-hmm. And the other night, I took it to another level. I wore them on call. At 11 o'clock at night, I said, well, I'm predicting we'll be done by one. So I put them on oh, while I was putting cool. in epidurals oh, man. in the operating room. Do you know those lights? They're so horribly <laughs> yeah. bright. Everyone's like, what are you wearing? 
I was like, don't worry about it. Yeah, I don't want to explain it. Just be quiet. <laughs> at 1.20, I was done at 1. At 1.20, I was asleep, and luck awesome. had it. They didn't call me again. That never would have happened. I mean, if I would have finished the OR at 1, I would have sat at home in the dark by myself on the computer till 4, 5 in the morning and then slept till noon the next day. You're part of those ladies' birth stories. They're like, yeah, when the doctor came in <laughs> to do my epidural, he was wearing these weird orange like oh. uh, lacrosse glasses. <laughs> Man, of all the things that Mark like, Mark – you know, endorses like, you know, eating monkey brains and stuff <laughs> like that. The weirdest thing that will make the biggest difference in everyone's life today is those st- stupid freaking orange glasses. <laughs> My 100%. wife wears them. I wear them. Uh, I get home from work usually around 6.45 a.m. I don't put them on while I'm driving home because it's still kind of dark outside, although I probably should. I put them on the second I get inside. And, I, dude, I'm knocked out in 30 minutes. Absolutely. And I fall asleep every night reading on the Kindle app on my phone. So it's not like I'm, you know, I nestle up in a bird's nest and I have, you know, sparrows tucking me in. Dig a hole in the backyard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've got my phone three inches from my face reading books. And I fall, if, if it wasn't for those glasses, I would never have been, I would never be able to get the sleep that I do. And I think... If you're on a jacked up sleep schedule, and I'm convinced of this, there's really no way to normalize it. There's really no way you're making, you know, chicken salad out of chicken s, so to speak. <laughs> uh, the way I tell my wife is that it's like I have to make a flight uh, twice a week. I fly basically fly to Russia at the beginning of my work week, and at the end of my work week, it's like I'm flying back. It's that level of like jet lag. It's basically a 12 hour difference. Right, but the, there's things that everyone and everyone's got their challenges, their work challenges, and their schedule challenges. There's things you can do to help that. And man, if you're gonna okay, you're gonna look and feel like a total moron in these orange glasses. I feel like an idiot every day as soon as I put them on and I look at myself in the mirror. But it's nighttime theoretically, right. or it's sleep time for you. There's nobody else around besides your significant other or maybe your kids and if that they're make wearing fun it, of you. And you can weather okay. through that, right? Yeah. Or everyone oh. at the hospital at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but you're, you're, a different, you're a different thing. Good for you. People, like, for, for most normal people, like uh, get over it and uh, you can dream about like, how much uh, you know, your moral superiority over these people <laughs> that you're getting all this awesome sleep. Yeah. Uh, even if people are seeing your orange glasses. But man, those are the best, dude. Cool. Hey, here's a, little, here's a little test for you, Rick. I, I'm also big into naps. I've always been into that. There's a there's a an app that'll tell you based on when you wake up when the best time to take your when you're kind of in between your circadian rhythm. I never take cool. longer than like a 15 minute nap, and I've, I'm trained now to where I can almost fall asleep instantly, and I don't even need my alarm to wake up. I wake That's up. Awesome. But but I'd read something a few weeks ago, and I don't I don't know the validity of this because sometimes people throw stuff out. But I find this when I'm behind on call and sleep. If you dream during that 15-minute nap, because you shouldn't, you shouldn't get into that REM sleep during a 15-minute nap, that's a, sh- a good indicator that you're sleep-deprived. Huh. And I found that almost exactly right. Like if I'm in trouble, I've gotten off, I've had a bad call, and I try to squeeze in a nap, I've lived a year in a 15-minute nap in the form of dreams, and it's, it coordinates exactly with when I've gotten behind and fatigued. So it's kind of a good... Almost like a barometer. If you're, if you're good, you can go to sleep, take a fifteen minute nap, and it just be black. If you're dreaming in that, you're sleep deprived. Huh. That's very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that is awesome. very good note because sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes I'll take a nap at like you know eight or nine o'clock in the evening. 
uh, on days that I'm off. So, all right. Well, uh, officer Rick, I believe you need to go. Is that correct? And this uh, is, yeah, that's I got to pick up one from and, school. So. And that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good stopping point. So, um, Chris Armstrong, MD, thank you for your time and being the first. We wanted you first on the Everyman series because you are the best Everyman that has ever lived. That's great. Okay, I feel better. <laughs> and and thank you for being my soulmate. <laughs> I feel you, man. Oh, well, hey now. Okay. We're, uh, get, yeah, real get, get a room. Here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, appreciate it, guys. And uh, we will talk to you soon. See ya. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Chris Armstrong, for a very fun interview and the kicking off of our Everyman um, segment or series, I guess it would, be, it would be called. So actually, we recorded a very funny story with Chris for the Humans Being Human segment, which will probably run next week or the week after that, um, depending on if your brother will will actually be on the show for once rob yes i think we're trying to trying to get our schedule squared away for that but he's the funniest person i know rob is yes yes and uh chris actually the story he told had to do with uh him being an intern and a naked man so stay tuned Hmm. for that and it does not have anything to do with poop your pants and neither does this story a good friend of mine jeremy northcutt is uh from the dallas area came to school out here where I live. We didn't go to the same school, but we had a lot of mutual friends and have been uh, really good friends for a long time. And he's a really funny guy, good storyteller, uh, basically tells this story uh, about cutting corners uh, and how uh, trying to impress a girl might not always be the best thing uh, to do. Joining us today on the Humans Being Human segment from his car, a longtime friend of mine, Jeremy Northcutt from the Dallas area, actually originally from the Irving area, and uh, we met and when we were in school uh, out here in Abilene, and have been good friends ever since. And Jeremy has kind of a funny story uh, about cutting cutting corners. And so, give us the background, and uh, and you can obviously tell that he's driving. It's it's not super loud, Jeremy. Don't worry about it. But uh, t- take it away. Well, thank you for setting up as a kind of funny story because that sets the bar low, which is exactly the way hey, I live my life. Exactly. Um, hey, so I was, I guess this was my, after my freshman year of college or during my freshman year of college, I was home for Thanksgiving break and an uh, old friend, girl who I had a crush on and was trying to impress said, hey, I'm running in the turkey trot on Thanksgiving day. Would you like to join me? And I said, of course I would. I don't run, never have ran, uh, but I'm in. Let's do it. I said, are we doing the 5K? She goes, no, we're going to do the 10. I was like, oh, that'll be easy. Perfect. Just 10, 10 Ks. <laughs> Not sure how long that is, but I'm in. Like 10 laps. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. I just said, hey, it's only 10 of them. It's not a lot. It yeah. could be worse. could be 100. <laughs> so I, uh, so I, I say I'm in. Let's do it. So the day comes, the morning, which – that also does cover all my tra- training. I just waited for the day to come and I showed up <laughs> and I show up that morning and it's, it's a nice cool morning. From what I understand, it's a perfect morning to run. You have no idea uh, yeah, though, because you've never no, run. <laughs> it seemed a little cold, but I, you know, I had a long sleeve t-shirt on and some shorts. So I felt like I looked cool. <laughs> and so we start off, you know, the race about to start and there's just 
thousands of people, and I remember thinking, how do this many do this many people really run for I mean, fun? I, I will say this though, you're you, Jeremy will probably uh, try to deny this, but you were quite the athlete. You're you are a natural athlete. I'm just want to lay the. It's not like you're some couch potato. So you had some yeah. type yeah. of athletic this, ability. Yeah. I wasn't like out of shape. I just right. wasn't in running shape. And, and so I, uh, so we start off and it's crowded and I go, so I look over at her and I go, Hey, this is just too slow. I can't do it. I'm going to, I'm going to just get, run out ahead a little bit. Full so in, I think I'm pretty hot stuff. Yeah. You're full on in, impress girl mode here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this yeah. is, I didn't want her to know that I was probably about to die. <laughs> And I had zero expectations of finishing the race, much less in a decent time. But I get, I mean, I get a mile or so in, I guess, and I'm feeling good. And I'm going, this is easy. I mean, I, this is unbelievable. I'm going to finish this thing and I'm going to call her from my car an hour down the road and she's going to be just finishing and this is going to be impressive. And so then I passed the turnoff for the 5K. So this race is in downtown Dallas. And the 5K to finish, you turn left at this one spot, and I keep going straight. And I'm still feeling good. And I'm like, dude, I'm like almost halfway done, and I'm feeling great. And I get a little bit further down and literally done. I believe they call, that, yeah, they call that bonking in the running world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't know that. I just called it done, <laughs> brick wall. Tired. And inside I go, all right, I'm done. So I decide, well, I'll just wait for her. And I'll, I'll play the like, hey, I came to spend time with you. You know what? That's dumb me to run ahead. So I just turn around. I start walking backwards looking for her. And I'm walking to the side. And everybody's kind of looking at me funny. And I'm looking. And finally she shows up. And by this time I realize I'm definitely done. There's no way I'm going to be able to finish this race. Did you have like wobbly legs? Like what was the – Oh, the... I don't remember other than – I knew I wasn't going to be able to finish. My legs were hurting. I was just, I, I feel like I have stomach pain. I mean, it was just, everything is yeah. just like, there's no way I'm finishing Everything this was shutting down. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, she shows up, you know, she comes up and I start talking. I was like, hey, it's getting kind of late. I probably need to just head to the house. Uh, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm at my mom's house in time for Thanksgiving. By this time, my mom had moved to East Texas and I sat an hour hour and a half drive or so you're like i was so out far in front i was gonna win but i started to wait for you <laughs> to like, tell yeah, you that I just, you know it doesn't seem right all these people train so hard i just feel bad up. i should let them have their day <laughs> and uh so she goes all right cool so i run off and i just turn left down some side street back towards the beginning and i'm thinking so i'm gonna run back I'll get up close to the finish and just cut back down the street, go to my car, and head home. Now, if the story so were to, a, if the story were to end there, that would be a a, a good funny story. But it continues. Yeah. It does continue. So I run down this one side street, and then I go. Oh, I think I need to go back this way. So I turn at the next uh, intersection. I turn back to the right, and all of a sudden, traffic is merging with me. And you and like not run, car, running traffic, not, yeah. Not car traffic, foot traffic. And you're wearing your little race number and the whole. I've got deal. my race bib, yeah. and I am being greeted by a bunch of people also wearing their race bibs. And I go, "Oh my gosh, I'm back in the race!" <laughs> and so, I uh, so I keep running, and I go, "I'm going to cut off here in a second. Then all of a sudden, the streets are lined with these fences, and people are cheering. And I realize, like, I'm in the top 
finishers. Like of the thousands of people, I've got to be in the top hundred or so. And I'm going, this is kind of funny. Like, and so I just join in the fun and I'm pumping my arms and fists in the air and waving <laughs> and smiling as I cross the finish line. And they'd have no clue that I skipped the long bridge. I skipped at least two miles of the race. Man, it was cheated. at least two miles. Yeah. And so I finished the race and I go through the line. You go through these little stalls and these people are like, uh, you know, processing, like, give me your number, give me your bib number. And this lady goes, give me your bib number. I go, you don't want it. She goes, what do you mean you don't want it? I said, I cheated. She goes, whatever, give it to me. I go, no, really, I cheated. She goes, how'd you cheat? And I said, you know, the long bridge? She goes, yeah. And I go, yeah, I didn't do that. And she goes, you're right, get out of here. <laughs> well, it's like when you cross the, the finish line, like, did you put your arms up in the air? Oh, like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just like milking it. You know, I'm like, I might as well have some fun, make people think. And it's one of my biggest regrets in life to this day because I was like, I could have had my name in the paper. If you I know because they anything. list the finishers and I could have gone, hey, look at that, finished in the top how many ever of thousands. Yeah. And I started way at the back. You're like coming in in seventh place <laughs> from Irving, yeah. Jeremy Northcott. So, I, the, I guess the bottom line is I learned that I will never impress a girl by running. <laughs> that, that's the whole moral of the story. Not not being <laughs> oh, ethical man. or not cheating. It's not That would not work in impressing a girl. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess I technically don't even get like a finishing ribbon because I didn't technically well, run the whole race for a finish or yeah, anything. Yeah, I, so. I, think, I think, you know, I commend you for actually saying, you know what, I... Uh, I'm not going to give you my number because I don't really deserve that. Like for not getting so wrapped up in the moment that you were like, so what place did I get? Do, yeah, I, get a, do, exactly. I, get a, do I get a prize? I, I was like, where's the free food? Yeah. Got to hit the road. So did you like tell everyone like that? Day oh yeah. What you had done? Yeah. I've told, I've told everybody it was, it was lots of fun, lots of fun had. And it was, yeah, it was a good time. Good for you. All right. Well, Jeremy, I appreciate you taking time out of your driving schedule. And uh, please, as you're driving, listen to previous uh, episodes of the Simple Human Podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. And uh, enjoy yourself. <laughs> I will, my I will, my friend. We'll see you soon. Awesome, Jeremy. Thanks, thanks for doing that. Yep. All right, bye. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. And that's a that's always a funny funny story. I, um, <laughs> just it reminds me of wasn't there a Seinfeld episode at one point where he yes uh, something or? something along those lines I believe this is a very curb your enthusiasm like uh, show. have you ever seen that show oh yes yes oh my gosh it's the best uh, but uh, it's a very curb <laughs> sounding story which the, that kind of stuff always always tickles me right so to speak so thank you Jeremy for that hopefully we can uh, have Mr Northcutt on again at some time in the future. So now it is time for the Simply Human tip of the week, which going along with Jeremy's story, and is actually Jeremy's idea off the air, is uh, the tip of the week is don't cut corners. Um, and and that, that really is a, a good lesson sort of in, in everything that you do. Like if you start something, finish it, do it right. Uh, that goes with in the four pillars. Uh, don't, just, don't just half enjoy something. If you're going to do something for enjoyment, by golly, enjoy the heck out of it. And if you're going to, you know, if you're going to work out, if you're going to go exercise, you know, do what, do what you're going to do, do what you say you're going to do. That's another big, huge lesson that I'm trying to instill in my kids. Like do what you say you are going to do. Well, and I think that there's really, everyone will be able to tell you this, that's, you know, that has any experience at all being a person trying to become more healthy, trying to get in shape, trying to run faster, trying to lift more stuff, anything like that. And we all know this, that there are no shortcuts to stuff like that, but we're always 
always trying to find a shortcut. And we all know that there's not shortcuts. So just we need to accept it. And if you're going to commit to something, commit all the way and do it. The things that are worth doing are worth doing right Right. is kind of what, you know, what I try to tell myself. So there's no magic pill, no magic uh, drink, no, nothing like that. It's, and you know what, if you skip on, I think honestly from going from unhealthy to healthy, uh, even in my own experiences, it's not so much as uh, about the results as it is about the journey, the things you learn on the way there. And so if you're trying to make shortcuts and get there faster, you're missing out on what could be a very, you know, important learning experience for you. Right. So yeah, so that is the tip of the week. Uh, Don't cut corners, finish what you start, do what you say you're going to do, and you will be better off. Actually, while you were talking, I had a a really good thought uh, that was going to go along with that. And then while, while you were talking, I completely forgot. So, um, because I captured your brain, I mesmerized you. Yes. And so that was not a good way to finish <laughs> what you're going to start. So, uh, cause I didn't finish my thought, but congratulations. You're already over one yeah. on the tip of the week. <laughs> right. Oh man, I had a shot and I missed it. Well, okay. So I guess next episode as of, as of this recording, we don't have, uh, actually, you know what? I do have a, uh, a someone, someone just emailed me. I forgot Dr. Nick Anthony. He's a chiropractor here in town. He's going to continue our Everyman series. Um, and he's sort of a, a two for one. He's an expert and, you know, in, in the chiropractic field and they're very holistic, uh, practitioners. And so he has a lot of cool things that we're going to talk about gardening and things like that. Uh, and so Dr. Nick Anthony, as of this recording, we are scheduled to record for next week. Of course, anything can happen, uh, between now and then, but hopefully it'll be Dr. Nick Anthony, uh, on episode 26. So we are, a which quarter by the way, away. we'll record on mine and my wife's ninth wedding anniversary. So happy April fool's day. Uh-huh. Happy anniversary and happy birthday to a friend of ours. I was going to say, birthday happy birthday, Jackson. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Who doesn't, who sure, surely does not listen to the show. Absolutely not. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of the Simply Human podcast. You can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. There are links to the Facebook page and YouTube channel there. Also links to the Simply Human Kids page. Actually, uh, we've got a few more videos. I've been a little bit more active. I've got a, a, a video up there uh, while I was running the Georgia Half Marathon on Sunday. Um, just kind of a race update and a, about a minute long. And I've also got a bone broth prep uh, video that I just... Is the video of you running the marathon, is it just you running and then all of a sudden your pants fall down? <laughs> That's not it. Uh, it's a pretty shaky video uh, uh, of me, just my, my head, uh, and a talking head. So you can follow me on Twitter, at SimplyHuman52. Also on Instagram, at SimplyHuman52. I've tried to be uh, a bit more active on Instagram as well. Email the show at SimplyHumanLifestyle at gmail.com. You can email Rick at SimplyHumanRick, R-I-C-K, at gmail.com. Please leave a review, good or bad. I actually had a, a good friend and listener of the show say that he wrote this essay-long uh, review, and as of this recording, it, I don't see it. So you're a liar. Yeah, thanks for nothing. Thanks, you liar. Thanks for lying to us. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, and you can't really understand the smart because you're like, oh, good vegetables and <laughs> wolf liver. This is delicious. <laughs> wolf liver. <laughs> to me. So until next time, enjoy yourself.